Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Worst Cast, a podcast about the worst fantasy football league that's ever been. What started as a 12-team league with a bunch of friends in grad school has turned into a ridiculous, data-driven ride down memory lane. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to our first playoff edition of The Worst Cast. I'm here, of course, with my co-host, Brandon. Alex, it has been too long. It's been two weeks since we last podcasted. Dude, these holidays, they get you, man. But I think we were all eating turkey and watching that, you know, fantastic Bills-Cowboys playoff game. Or, excuse me, um, Thanksgiving Day game. That was phenomenal. Bills looked really strong. I was watching the Panthers lose to the two-win Redskins down I was in North Carolina. To, I was trying to keep you out of I mean, you you brought it up. How do you feel about the Ron Rivera firing? That's kind of sad. My dad is really excited about it. I think he really wants Cam Newton uh, to move along as well. He's a big Kyle Allen guy. So. Is he? That's an interesting thing to be. I, I think he's more of an anti-Cam Newton guy. So I just, like, continued to spray him with facts about, you know, why that's ridiculous or, you know. Why he wants Kyle Allen over well, our former MVP. Too, right. Well, what's too what's kind of sad about it is I think it's not even about Ron Rivera not being a good coach. I think a lot of teams are going to be all over him. I think it was just time for the, you know, for the Panthers to move on and for him to move on as well. He's going to have a job instantly. Well, Alex, I think this completes our actual football talk. We've spent oh, already sorry, far I, too I much time talking about actual that's football. A, I think we should point. get to the the more important stuff, which is, of course, fantasy football. Oh, uh, yeah, and our and our wonderful league. Um, I did want to note, <clears throat> I'm currently recording from a hotel room. I'm on a basketball trip, and Brandon is not in his normal room. So if anything that, you know, is out of the ordinary from an audio perspective comes through, just know we're doing our best, and we're only doing this because we care about you all so much. And, you know, you guys, we wanted to get to this pod before, before Sunday starts. The playoffs are rapidly upon us. Here we are. And we did want to note, we know that the playoffs technically did start on Thursday, but no players that are in the playoffs currently played on Thursday. That's true. That's true. Uh, Gray had a a pretty nice game from Zeke uh, just on his bench there. But other than that, yeah, nobody's really played. You're right. Exactly. So nothing, nothing really of note there. Um, We totally knew that was going to happen. So, you know, that's why we were able to delay, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And when I said, sorry, when I said bench, I meant it was his bye week. So, yeah, yeah, so didn't of course, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, the format we're going to do this in is we're actually going to run down the teams one by one, talk about what their seasons looked like, talk about their chances of winning this whole thing, and, you know, just talking about just talking about each one of them. What we're going to do is we're actually going to start from the teams with the least likely chance of winning the championship and then ending with the one with the highest probability of winning it all. I love it. We, you know, I did a lot of research this weekend. Ready to have a, research? a full playoff. Yes. Yeah. Got a full playoff pre- preview ready for you guys. Get excited. We're going to walk through the story of your season. We're going to walk through your roster, and then we're going to talk about your matchup coming up. So we've got that broken down for all six teams. And if you're listening to this and you're not in the playoffs, Jeff, if you're listening to this, <clears throat> kudos to you, man. I just appreciate appreciate the love that you have for the pod. Oh, we know we're getting a Jeff lesson. Awesome. So what we're going to do is we're going to unveil the team with the least probability of winning the championship, and that will be Miss Samantha. So to give you a little overview of what Samantha's season looked like from a from a high level perspective, 
This is her second playoff appearance in her second year. She did end up finishing third last year. So incredible percentage of time making it into the playoffs. Go, Samantha. Um, this is very interesting. She had the lowest pick in the draft among playoff teams at number 10. So all of you that like to complain about your draft spot as if it really matters, I mean, we, we've got Samantha to prove otherwise. And, you know, she started 0-3. It looked like she was going to be, you know, on the on the bottom of the league and then finished 8-2 and two, all right, within her last 10. So, you know, that's that's not a not a bad way to go. Yeah, absolutely. You know, she had a real tough go. I think her season this year was a lot like her season last year, strangely. I think last year she started uh, one and four, maybe, I think three and five. So had a really slow start, just like last year, um, but a strong finish, even stronger this year than last, um, where she won eight of her last 10 games. Um, and in fact, she won six straight games, which was a longer winning streak than even Josh had this season from weeks seven through 12. And that wasn't a cupcake schedule. Over that stretch, she beat Josh and Brandon in back-to-back weeks. She also has a win over you, my friend Alex, and uh, which is important because her road could include all three of those players, uh, potentially. Uh, they well, know, two they of know, those players, I guess. They know the locker rooms. She knows what the visitor locker rooms are like at all those fields. So that's <laughs> a big deal. That's right. So, you know, I think I think it's interesting to know, you know, Samantha, she has just a 4.7 percent chance uh, to win the championship. So just like I do in the regular season uh, where I simulate your odds of making the playoffs by doing 10,000 simulations, we did the same thing here. We plug in your true winning percentages. We use those uh, as a um, uh, we use those to simulate um, every game in the playoffs. And we do that 10,000 times. So uh, in 10,000 uh, simulations, approximately 470 of those, uh, Samantha came out on top. So she has the smallest percentage to win the championship. And the reason uh, she has the smallest chance to win the championship is because she is the lowest uh, in the power rankings and has a pretty tough road. She ended up finishing seventh in the final power rankings. So actually outside of the uh, top six. Uh, Alex, do you know who is the one team owner who finished in the top six of the power rankings but did not make the playoffs. I'm going to go with, oof, I think it's be Jeff. That is correct. Jeff, uh, second shout out for Jeff. Jeff uh, finished fifth in the final power rankings. He had a really strong final week, even though he lost to Nick, I think 100 to 104. That got him just enough points to push him past Samantha, past Jess even, and he finished fifth, fifth and missed the playoffs. So I know oh, so that I probably sucks. I ended four. You did. Spoiler alert. You did end four. Yes, that's right. Um, but, you know, I know that sucks, you know, to finish in the top half of the power rankings, but to not make it. Um, I, I have some notes on my post uh, up about this in much more detail. The sad reality is it kind of happens every year. Somebody always finishes in the top half or finishes in a playoff worthy half, top four or six. Um, and doesn't make the playoffs. But uh, I will say, I think Samantha is a very deserving team uh, to make the playoffs because if you look at the majority of her schedule, the real meat of her schedule from weeks five through 12, which is eight weeks uh, of the season, she was the second best team in the league, only to Josh. She was five, uh, she was eight and one from weeks five through 12. She averaged 96.9 points per game and had a true winning percentage of 662 means she won over approximately two-thirds of her true games over that time and was second in the league. So she she has a very good team. Uh, I think she ultimately finished seventh in the power rankings um, because, uh, you know, just had her down weeks were, you know, pretty big down weeks. I think she had a, a really bad final week to the season, which didn't really matter for her. Um, uh, but that ultimately pushed her down a few spots. So 
better team than last year with a similar story. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if she can uh, repeat some of the magic she had last year um, to finish third or possibly better this season. Very interesting. So, you know, every everybody's team was, you know, leveraged into the playoffs throughout the season by one thing or the other. And I think the big thing of note on Samantha's team is she had two top five running backs. I mean, that's that's pretty hard to pull. I mean, everyone's looking for that second running back. Tell us a little bit about like what she had going there. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. Her, you know, she's actually the only team uh, in the playoffs, in the let alone in the league, that has two top five running backs. Not Josh, not Gray, not yourself, not me. Nobody else has two top five running backs. That's only Samantha. That's Aaron Jones and Nick Chubb, who've been really great this season. Uh, you know, Aaron Jones maybe a little hit or miss at times, a little up or down. He has really big weeks, and then maybe you know, kind of some slower weeks. Um, but that is certainly uh, the strength of her team. She also has three top 12 wide receivers, which so is... So she has three uh, wide receiver ones and two RB ones. I mean, absolutely, right? We're in a 12-team league. She's got three top 12 wide receivers. She's got DeAndre Hopkins, Julian Edelman, and would you believe Jarvis Landry is wide receiver 12 I wouldn't on the believe season. that, so I'm glad you told me. That's crazy, right? As, as an Odell Beckham owner, uh, that definitely causes me some. Oh, you pretend like you've been through the struggles. Only JT That's true. knows. That's true. Sorry, JT. <laughs> That's true. I'm only renting those troubles. Yeah, he, 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 he was born in the darkness. I merely adopted it, I guess. Exactly. Um, you know, in, in the rest, if looking at the rest of her roster, I mean, that's definitely the, the core, the strength of her team, running back and wide receiver. Um, it's a really strong uh, fivesome right there. Um, at quarterback, you know, she's had Jameis Winston, who has been serviceable. It's pro- he's probably the weakest or second weakest quarterback in the in the uh, the fantasy playoffs among the teams still playing. Um, but he's a big reason why she actually leads the league in free agent scoring. So she has more points from free agency than any other owner, and that is largely because um, she's been rolling with Jameis uh, for most of the season. She was never able to get that deal done with Eric for Tom Brady, which, you know, frankly might be kind of a good thing because uh, Jameis has been good. Uh, tight end has been kind of an adventure for her. She is last in the league at tight end, averaging just 3.5 points per game. You might recall she drafted O.J. Howard, um, has rifled through a range of different tight ends, probably most notably Jimmy Graham, but she has three on her roster right now in Jimmy Graham, Noah Fant, and Jacob Hollister from the Seahawks. Uh, Alex, what's Talk your take about on tight ends? Yeah, I um, know. How, that's, that's, as a Broncos that's a fan, tough. how do you feel about Noah Fant? Um, I like him. He dropped a touchdown last week in the corner of the end zone. I think, I think they're really going to try to work him in. I think hopefully they open the playbook up a little bit for Drew Locke this week and get him, you know, get him on like a few more rollouts and, you know, him and Cortland Sutton obviously had a real big connection last week. Shout out my team. Um, but I, I think we're going to see some good, good numbers from Fant this week. I do. I do think he might catch a touchdown. So Samantha, if you listen to this in time, I think Fant's the one to go with here. But, I mean, Hollister's been playing really well also, so it's it's kind of a tricky one. Yeah, it's it's definitely a it's definitely tight end roulette for her and her situation. Uh, on her bench, uh, you know, she has she has some good depth. You know, she was playing with Jordan Howard for a lot of the season. He's been injured recently, so she hasn't had him. But James White just had 28 points last week, so I think that suddenly becomes a conversation in her flex, whether it's James White or Jarvis Landry, depending on the matchup. Uh, but she does have some depth in case. You know, something happens at running back or wide receiver um, in the playoffs. Um, and, yep. You know, at defense, at defense and kicker, you know, she, you know, we do have some teams that are uh, that have set it and forget it defenses in the playoffs. It's actually kind of interesting to note some of the stronger 
defenses found themselves on the playoff teams. But Samantha is definitely streaming defenses um, as opposed to some of the others. I think she has the Vikings right now. She's rolled with the Browns in previous weeks. Um, so, you know, but that can also be a little, little hit or miss uh, for a team in the playoffs as well. Yep, she's living that streaming life. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about her first round matchup. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, uh, in the first round, Alex, I think you, I don't really have to tell tell you much about her first round matchup. You know, it's it's you. She will face you in the quarters. I think it's absolutely poetic that, of course, you guys ended up being matched up again. She beat you last year, of course. Poetic for her. <laughs> poetic for you right if you're really going to get that monkey off your back i think you're going to have to go through samantha she beat you last year 98 to 92 behind amari cooper's redonkulous game um i, I remember where i, remember I was the exact he was... play when i lost that game it was just yeah. a nonsense play too it was like a t- was it a tip pass or something he it was caught a the tip, ball pass. tip pass sure and, was. The end zone. and that was against like your you know highest scoring team of all time the thanos team she took you down uh, she's and not only that, she's three and zero against you all time. Last year, she beat you in the playoffs. Last year, she beat you in the in the regular season. This year, beat you one twenty seven to one twenty six, her highest scoring game of the season. And now she's playing you again uh, in in the quarterfinals. It's the four five matchup. So I know you can't be uh, too excited to face off against Samantha. How how are you feeling about that? I'm feeling, you know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling things. Um, trying to figure out what to do at running back. That's really gonna, really gonna bring it home for me, though. I, I just Tevin Coleman. What was that last week with Mostert? I don't know. Well, we will get to you soon enough, my friend. But I know that's Samantha. So, she is a four point seven percent chance to make uh, to make the playoffs. If we go through her individual chances, she is a forty three percent chance. Uh, to make the semifinals to beat you. So you are a favorite, 57% favorite over her to make the semis. She has a 13% chance uh, to make the finals and approximately a 5% chance to win the championship, which means in one out of every 20 simulations, uh, she ended up on top. And so for Samantha in her second year, uh, she's two for two. She has a chance um, to finish in the money again. She already won two weekly prizes this year in weeks five through eight, a very deserving uh, playoff team who uh, I think can do uh, a lot of damage for sure. She's got a really strong running back and wide receiver core. Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how she does. I'm interested to see how she plays against you for cer- for certain in the quarterfinals. Definitely. And, you know, so now we're moving, moving down the list. We're on to the team with the sixth best chance of winning the championship. And that is going to be Jess. So this will be her fourth playoff appearance while in the league, as well as she has won a championship. So she's going for that second, that second one. Um, that'll make her, she'd be the second team to win multiple championships, correct? Yes, we only have one multi-year uh, yeah, champion. Yeah, 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 we know who it is. Yours truly, of course, yes. Uh, we have multiple owners, uh, five other owners who have won a championship, and then I have won. Well, well, we'll get to how many I've won in a little bit. Yeah, we, we know. So going down, uh, I think it's safe to say Jess has sort of been a tale of two seasons, but it's been one season. You know, weeks one from one through six, she was four and two, second in the league, averaging 106.2 points a game, which was first in the league, had a true winning percentage of 682, which was first in the league. She was averaging 47.3 points from her running backs, which was first in the league. But that was weeks one through six. And, you know, the season doesn't end in week six. So week seven through 13, she <clears throat> has gone three and four, eighth in the league, 
averaged 79.3 points per game, which comes in at ninth in the league, has a true winning percentage of 377, which is ninth in the league, and her running back scoring has dropped nearly 18 points down to 291, or excuse me, 29.1 points per game, which is actually still third in the league, which just shows how outrageous her scoring was early on. Yeah, you, absolutely. She has really, it really has been two seasons for Jess. I remember when we were first starting the podcast, it was right around that switch, right around that moment. And we had an early conversation about which team do you fear most in the league. For me, it was Jess at the time. And I, and of course, I'm going to be matched up with her uh, in the quarterfinals. But yeah, it, it, she has really struggled. And, you know, the reason, uh, and I think that's been the story of her, her season, the reason for her struggles have been Melvin Gordon, first of all, right? She had Austin Eckler, who was killing it at the beginning of the season. He is still a top eight running back on the season. Um, and uh, But Melvin Gordon has come in, you know, taken some of that, uh, taken taken some of those carries and those touches, and so that has re- led to a little bit of a timeshare there, um, kind of cannibalized the two of them. I think they've kind of gotten it settled out now, and they're now both productive, or especially Melvin Gordon is productive. Um, but then, you know, at David Johnson, which has just uh, been a crazy story this season, that David Johnson, who was, uh, you know, I, I believe her first-round <coughs> pick, has yeah. is, is not even playable at this point. Kenyon Drake has taken the job. I, I did not see that coming. No, it's 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 real tough for her. I mean, <clears throat> she's she's only scored more than eighty six points in the game once in the last seven weeks. Like she is really really struggling. And I mean, clearly she's the coldest team in the league. Her true winning is only two forty two entering the playoffs, and which is eleventh, averaging seventy three point three points per game, which is also eleventh over the last three weeks. So she's got an uphill battle here. I mean. She, like you, like you talked about, she was one of the big favorites, and she was one of those teams we were waiting to see if she could win the division. And then she was really probably the last team team on the block to get into the playoffs as of the end of the week last week. She was. You know, just one correction. When you started talking, you mentioned that Jess had the sixth best odds. Uh, that was referring to her seed number. Oh, she is my the apologies. Seed. She's the fifth best. Fifth best odds. But yes, um, you're right. She was like almost, she came so close to missing the playoffs. If she had lost and then, uh, you know, Jeff had won, he was four points from a win, or JT had won and beaten Josh, if they had been able to make up the points there, um, or if Jeff had just won and she had lost, Jeff would be in the playoffs right now. And his was actually a better team than hers in, in the final power ranking. So she really <clears throat> had a slide uh, late that she, you know, fantasy fantasy is a fickle fickle beast. I remember early in the season when I was doing really well, you know, I had Cooper Cup was playing really well. Keenan Allen was playing really well. I just felt like I was peaking too soon. It's like you almost don't you almost don't want to be like playing that well that early because, you know, the other shoe is going to drop and it has it has Which a bit with Jess, where she, the, the other Minshew? Really the other the other Minshew has dropped. Well done, sir. I'm just gonna. <laughs> and for her, it couldn't be any more relevant. Yeah, that's right. I see so, the starting job for the Jaguars. So let's talk about the roster a little bit. Let's go through the roster and take a look at it. Um, it's an interesting roster. You know, a lot of, a lot of other teams have more balanced scoring. Her scoring is very. Uh, unbalanced, um, which is ironic because actually last year I went back and looked at her playoff team from last year, which 
Uh, as you'll recall, she she made it to the finals last year, and she had one of the more balanced teams in the league. This year, it's a very unbalanced team. Um, she is first still in running back scoring, so she averaged 37.5 points per game for the full season at running back. And as you mentioned, even over the last you know seven weeks, she was she was third, so she's still really solid at running back. But she is last in scoring at wide receiver, just 18.1. Uh, points per game, and that's before she traded away Tyler Lockett. She is um, last in quarterback scoring, um, you know, with 13.2 points per game, and she is at 11th in tight end scoring with 4.8 points per game. So really, the strength of this team is right up the middle. 37 is from the running back, you know, the 37 points per game. I mean, if I had to pick one position I want to be strong at, it's running back. But you got to wonder if she has enough uh, at the other. Position. Says the guy that's got the handcuff to her best player. <laughs> I'm gonna say, and so this that, that let's go right to that. That's a big storyline. So uh, Jess has uh, two top eight running backs. Like Samantha had two top five running backs. Jess has two top eight. She has Dalvin Cook and Austin Eckler. Dalvin Cook uh, is one of those, um, you know, is the player you're referring to who had an injury in the in the last week's game where he, uh, I believe it was a a chest injury. Um, and so was taken out of the game, did not play. There was a lot of conversation this week. He immediately after the game says he'd be fine. He would be playing in the first week of the playoffs. Um, and so he's expected to play, um, this week, but you know, he gets banged up. It hits the wrong way. I, from what, everything I've heard, it's a pain issue. Um, and so if he just gets hit the wrong way, you could easily see Alexander Madison, who's been one of the better backup running backs in the league. And he's been owned in most leagues the entire season as a handcuff. I mean, I drafted him. I yeah, drafted exactly. him. exactly. And, and then I dropped him, I think, in like one of the first few weeks and then picked him up quickly. There, there was definitely a while that I would drop and pick him up, drop and pick him up. And after I kind of saw the production he had and how good Dalvin Cook was, I definitely held on to him. I was, you know, interesting. I never got an offer. I never, I never sought an offer, but I never received an offer from Jess on Dalvin Cook. And I know last year I was tr- desperately trying to, I had Melvin Gordon, I was desperately trying to get Austin Eckler from Trevor and I could not get him for the life of me, but never got an offer. So it's going to be really interesting to see if Dalvin Cook can remain uh, healthy. Because if not, uh, I mean, I am telling you, Alexander Madison is going right into my flex in my lineup. No question. Um, yeah, he's a top 10 running back if he gets it. So <laughs> we, we've, we've talked about how strong she is at running back, but let's Let's go move down to wide receiver. How, how are we looking there? Right. So at wide receiver, you know, she she, she traded away her actually her best wide receiver this season. You know, early on in the season, she had two wide receivers who were really solid. And when she was doing her best, it, it was because of Tyler Lockett and Adam Thielen. Well, wouldn't you know it, probably neither of those guys is going to start for her in her first playoff game because she Tyler traded Lockett is a steaming pile of garbage right now. He is, actually. So this trade might have worked out for her. She traded him away. She got John Brown, um, who is wide receiver 13 on the season. So he's her best wide receiver, ironically enough, right now. But Adam Thielen has just been dealing with this lingering hamstring injury and is just, uh, you know, we don't I don't know when he's going to come back, if he's going to come back. So really, she's got him. She's got John Brown and Curtis Samuel and then a bunch of and then, of course, her running backs. So, you know, that's what she's dealing with right now. As we move down the roster, we look at tight end, and you know she's she's made some moves there. How are you feeling about her tight end situation? Yeah, so you know Jess Jess at tight end has a really interesting situation where she actually I didn't remember this until I was looking back at her draft log. Did you know she actually drafted Austin Hooper, who at one time was the 
uh, number one tight end in fantasy, has like missed a couple weeks with injury, is now back. But he's, he's currently tight end four, even though he missed a few games. But she actually drafted the number one tight end in fantasy um, and then dropped him prior to week three. Um, and as a result, she's 11th in tight end scoring, only 4.8 points per game. So I know she wishes she had not done that. Instead, she's starting, you know, Mike Gesicki, who has has been productive the last couple of weeks. Tight end is, is a weird position. Um, and, of course, he's going to score. He's going to go off for a touchdown against me. I know it uh, for the Dolphins. Um, but uh, an interesting situation there at tight end. And then at defense, it's kind of the flip story um, where she actually – where she was kind of a, a drop she regrets, I'm sure, at tight end. She actually picked up the second uh, fantasy defense um, in scoring uh, in the same week prior to week three on the waiver wire. Do you know who that defense is, Alex, without looking? Fantasy Who's the second defense. number two defense? Number two defense in fantasy. I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers. That is correct, the San Francisco 49ers. And so she's averaging 10.9 points per game. One of two team owners averaging double-digit points at at defense this year. And that's just so really savvy pickup getting the 49ers prior to week three. She's held on to them. She's uh, that is her, you know, locked and loaded uh, defense. Yeah, and um, what's really unique about sort of what Jess's season's been is she's had to wheel and deal to sort of keep keep things moving. Um, so a pretty high percentage of her scoring has actually come from trades and, you know, comparison to the majority of her league. And it looks like 12% of her scoring has come from trades. Um, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, that's right. She was involved in three trades this season, most in the league. Uh, she traded away, um, uh, if we look at her trades in aggregate, traded away Gardner Minshew, Tyler Lockett, Sammy Watkins, and Dante Pettis and received Carson Wentz, uh, John Brown, Miles Sanders, and Drew Brees. Which side of that, if you could, if that, if that were a four for four trade, which side would you want to be on there, Alex? Hers easily. Yeah, I agree. I agree, hundred percent. I mean, she got, she's actually been pretty savvy. You know, I, I, that deal when she traded away Tyler Lockett for Miles Sanders at John Brown, I kind of hated that deal for her. I knew why she did it and why she had to make it, but it's kind of turned out to be the right decision since that. I'd rather have John Brown than Tyler Lockett right now. And she's got Miles Sanders, right? We didn't even mention him in the wide, in the in the running back conversation, right? So she's got Dalvin Cook and Melvin Gordon, who's been averaging 10.1 points per game since he came back. And then now she's gotten Miles Sanders in her flex position, who's averaging 12 points per game since she acquired him two weeks ago. So, um, yeah, kudos to Jess making some really solid trades. Only one other team owner has averaged more uh, at, from as a percentage of their points at trade this season. Do you know who that team owner is? I'm going to go with Josh. That is Josh. Absolutely. All right. He, you know, got Mike Evans and the Patriots defense. They've certainly scored a lot of points for him, not to mention Mark Andrews. There's three starters that he's been playing week in and week out. So Josh has 19% of his scoring from trade. Jess has 12. But uh, Jess uh, has definitely uh, been active this year in the trade market. She, Ironically, she had no trades last year. She has three trades this year. You know, and I think if there's one theme around Jess, it's that it is just a battle of attrition. She is just the walking wounded, right? A really hot out the gate, has really struggled late. And and not only that, but she is facing the most injuries leading into the playoffs, right? She's got Dalvin Cook, who is playing but has the chest injury. Adam Thielen, who is not playing likely with that hamstring injury. Greg Olson, her tight end, who she was starting, um, had a concussion. So now she's got Mike Kosicki. Um, You know, it's just... It will be very impressive. She has a 5% chance, 5.4% chance of making of winning the whole thing. It'll be very impressive if she's able uh, to pull it off um, because uh, it is a, you know, it has been a very tough road for her this season. Yeah, most definitely. And I mean, 
And it's always been just sort of a battle for her. She's never even had the highest score in a week. She's actually the only playoff team that hasn't won a weekly prize for having the most points. So she's always been she's been chipping away, but never really had that that dominant week. Um, she ended up, I mean, <clears throat> as as we alluded to earlier, she ended up sixth in the final power rankings with a true winning percentage of five seventeen. So she's just you know scraping by, but she's here now, and you know it's playoff time and. You know, she now has a rematch of last year's finals. Unfortunately, this time, the winner of this game will not necessarily be the champion. And that was that was against you. That's right. And that was a really close game. We were talking about wounded last season. I had lost, I think, Melvin Gordon and Kareem Hunt late in the season. I was playing scrubs. She was playing. I had Aaron Jones, too. So I kind of had her team last year with like three dominant running backs and they were all injured by the end of the season. She played Jamal Williams against me, uh, you know, and it was uh it was a really, it was a tough game. I think Jared Cook needed like three, she needed three points from Jared Cook, Jock got like just two. And so I ended up with an 89 to 90 win. Um, but yeah, I, I know it, Jess was talking about it on, you guys had an interview earlier this season where you called her my kryptonite, or you called me her kryptonite, rather referencing not only the fantasy, you know, record, but also, you know, the, the Blue Devils versus the Badgers. Um, but it is, you know, it's just a funny thing, the the way that's happened. But Jess has lost uh, she lost to me 77 to 127 in the only game we played this season. She last lost to me in the finals at the end of last year, and she is one in nine against me all time, which is the worst head-to-head record in the league with at least three games played. There's others that have a higher rate. So if Samantha has played somebody like two times, she's two and zero, or vice versa. But of of any matchup, possible matchup of a significant number of games, that is by far. Um, excuse me, the worst uh, record, which of course I feel like means she's going to win. And, you know, all signs, her her team is struggling. She's injured and banged up. You know, I'm the last person she wants to face. I know she's going to come back and and win this game. It's definitely going to happen. Yeah. I mean, we can only hope, right? I mean, I can only hope. Uh, But I mean, for her to get to the championship, even if she does knock you off, she's going to have to knock off the one, the two and the three seed. Absolutely. I mean, that is the that is the the downside of being that sixth seed, right? You've got a, you've got the toughest possible road. Samantha last year was in this spot. She beat you as the three, lost to me as the two. Ended up beating Nick the one in the runner up. So she ended up beating the three and the one last year. Finished in third. It's just a tough road. And so I think you know, given that, that's why she has just a five point four percent chance to, to win the whole thing. Her odds to beat me in our matchup. She's a uh, 39% underdog. So she's a bigger underdog against me than Samantha is against you. Um, I have a 61% chance to win. She has a 15% chance to make the final. So if she does beat me, she then has a 15% chance uh, to beat. It would be gray. She would face off in, in that game. And if she were to advance that far, she has a 5% chance of winning uh, the whole thing of winning the championship, which again means in one out of 20 simulations, uh, Jess uh, came out on top. A fun statistic I did find, these are all fun, right? But the fun statistic I did find out when I was doing my research was that Jess is actually one of the most successful team owners in the playoffs. Just not not in terms of only a number of appearance appearances, but in her actual winning percentage in the playoffs. So she, did you know that Jess is actually five and two in the playoffs all time? It's only lost twice uh, in the playoffs. So one of those being in the championship game last year. And did you know that neither she nor myself have ever failed to make the finals when in the playoffs 
in seven combined playoff appearances. That means when Jess is in the playoffs, when Jess is in the playoffs, she makes the finals. When I'm in the playoffs, I always make the finals. It's happened every time. And and she's been in the playoffs four times, three other other times. And yet this year, you're right. Records are made to be broken because we play each other in the first round. So somebody's not making the finals. One of us, something's got to give. She kind of gives me an Eli Manning in the playoffs vibe. Oh, you know, not a bad comparison, honestly. Uh, so, yeah, that, that, so that's danger for me because that means basically that Curtis Samuel is going to be David Tyree and uh, is going to is going to be put, put me out of my misery pretty soon. Exactly. All right, let's let, let's go ahead and move on uh, to our next our next team owner. Oh, this, this is a great one. This is this is actually myself. That's right, this, Alex. You are the five seed in the playoffs. Exactly. This is my fifth playoff appearance. Pretty good. That's like, you know, about a 50% playoff rate since we started this league. I have won one championship, so I'm also in it to be the second owner to ever win in multiple championships. I did have the first pick in the draft and made a mistake there. I'm still going to blame you on that one for why I didn't take Christian McCaffrey, um, where I took Saquon Barkley, who is now running back 24, and has not even broke 20 points at one point this season so I'm, I'm pretty... shocked to hear that as bad as he's been the fact to, to, to reflect that he has not had a 20 point game is shocking that's insane my team's been better without him honestly like literally um i did start three and one then lost four or five and i've now won three in a row so i guess that puts me on the on the up and up as they say or at least the cool kids say these days <clears throat> and you know my best stretch was in the middle of the season and I was averaging 104 points per game with a 709 true winning percentage. And I, I take it that was the, the bulk of the Saquon injury, wasn't it? That's it's strange as it seems. That's right. We, we talked about the Patrick Ewing theory that when your best player goes down, you actually improve. That happened to you. The middle part of the season when Saquon Barkley was out, I think he did play two of those games from week four through eight. But other than that, you were missing him and you were the best team in the league with <laughs> over that time period. I don't, and then he came back and ran things again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't explain it. I don't know why, um, but it's true. Yeah, it's, you know, it's Alex, pretty strange. Alex, one of the things you often talk about in the league uh, is that you feel like you're an unlucky team owner. You definitely have had some had some some tough luck this season, right? There were a couple games, you know, where I think we tied a game, uh, and then uh, but didn't there were other games. of us, luckily. <laughs> there were other games where you know you lost to Samantha by one point. Um, I think you had two hundred point losses in a row. Despite that, um, at the end of the season, it kind of averaged out that you were you won exactly as many games as you should have. The the numbers your winning percentage is actually uh, slightly uh, higher than your true winning percentage. So you've been a little lucky even. Um, and uh, I think part hey, of that I deserve fact, it. I deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you really haven't been lucky. You've been right on. But I just wanted to dispel the notion that that this was a unlucky season for you. I think I think your season was appropriate based on how you, you an interesting note, your team your games were decided by the slimmest margin in the league. The average margin of victory in games in which you played was just 13.9 points per game with six of your games this season were decided by single digits. AKA, and the seventh. majority of my Monday nights have been extremely stressful. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And a seventh was decided by just 10 points. So that's, that's a pretty stressful run that you've had for sure. Yeah, no, I get it. But uh, the good news is that I am the quarterback whisperer. 
Tell me, tell me about this, Alex, because last year you selected Patrick Mahomes famously in the 12th round, right? You ended up flipping him to Alec, or to Josh, you know, uh, for A.J. Green and then turned that into DeAndre Hopkins. But uh, this year you picked Lamar Jackson in the 10th round, who is the number one player in fantasy football in scoring. Maybe not by what you say, I remember like a, like a hmm, interesting one. I took him. I remember it. You know what? I I think we all waited a really long time to get a quarterback. So it it, it was your it wasn't like with Patrick Mahomes. I think he was your backup, right? I think you drafted, he was some, my backup you drafted Drew, Brees. Drew Brees, right? But like you waited on Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Tell me, so were you, you were tar- you were actively targeting Lamar? Because I know I was not. I was like, no way. I don't believe it. Sure, he can run, but I saw him as like a Josh Allen type who well, has been pretty good too. Fun, but, fun you know, times. Josh Allen is the second guy on my list. Those are my two guys. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I mean, the running and I had I had Kyler Murray. I was going for the rookie upside, uh, but the sophomore the sophomore QB was the way to go. Just like Mahomes, Jackson. Um, so you were targeting Jackson. Andrew Locke next year. Write it down now. <laughs> in your wildest dreams, did you ever think he would be the number one uh, scoring player in fantasy? I did not, but I do love that I get like RB one and QB one production from the same player. That is true. That is very true. So, so Lamar Jackson, he is leading the league in scoring. I don't know if he will be the number one player by VBD. Remember, that's value-based drafting. We'll do that metric at the end of the year. After it's got to be close. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Christian McCaffrey might have it just because, you know, the running backs, he's just behind him. Christian McCaffrey's number actually number two uh, in, in scoring, even though he's a running back. So I think he might have it. But Lamar's up there. He will definitely be a top ten, I would think. And he, you lead the league in scoring at 25.8 points per game at quarterback. Um, which I mean, you know, or, or Eric, Eric drafted Patrick Mahomes in the second round and then three other quarterbacks. And you grab this guy all the way back in the 10th goes to show you can wait on quarterback. If you know, you know, which one to take, um, it doesn't mean draft Phillip rivers guys. That's not what waiting on a quarterback means. (laughs) And you know, you're, uh, he saved your butt. I feel like most weeks, like that, you know, you, you, you want a guy in the playoffs or in the regular season that can just go off for 30 or 40 points. And he's, he's that guy for you. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate his efforts, and, you know, the team has recognized him as he should be. But, you know, with good with good comes weakness elsewhere, because, you know, we had all our salary tied up in QB, so how could I do from my running backs? Right, so it's interesting to find out. I was shocked. You know, for the team owner that that spent had the number one pick that drafted Saquon Barkley overall it's crazy to me that you are the only team in the playoffs without a top 20 running back every other team owner has has at least one if not two top 20 running backs Samantha has two top five you have zero top 20 running backs on your roster you are last I'm- among playoff teams in running back scoring averaging just 21.6 uh, points per game thus so- why I'm deciding between Bilal Powell and Tevin Coleman tomorrow is that really your decision so you so, so you're going to be starting uh saquon barkley of course uh Devontae freeman and then the flex question is do you start uh tevin coleman or Blau powell right did you just pick him up is i didn't even check the activity i did i did just check him up because Le'Veon bell is out this week yeah i saw that interesting okay that, i mean how do you that takes a lot of guts to like insert a guy like that you know in your roster i, I will say i i missed the i playoffs. mean does it take guts to start tevin coleman who had zero points last week and lost the entire backfield to moster and now bright is coming back i think it takes guts uh, both ways that's true that's true i missed the playoffs in another league last uh week because i started jonathan williams over chris carson shoot me so i don't know why i, I made wow, that, that was a bold move, 
I, you know, yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Start your studs, people. Start your studs. Um, you know, it's not all doom and gloom for you, though. While your team has been weak at running back, you are the best uh, team in scoring. You're number one in scoring of playoff teams, that is. Um, it's actually interesting to note, a lot of the top teams that made the playoffs are really good at running back, but at wide receiver, a lot of the top wide receiver teams are not in the playoffs. Teams like Jeff or JT, team owners that drafted a lot of wide receivers early. So maybe let that be, you know, a lesson uh, for next year's draft that, um, you know, running backs, um, you don't necessarily need good wide receiver scoring, but you do need good running back scoring. So um, you were first among playoffs team in wide receiver scoring with 25.8 points per game. Um, you are the only team in the playoffs that's getting more scoring from wide receiver than running back. So you're you're an iconoclast there, Alex. You're you're, you're zigging where others are zagging, you know. And that's, and that's what I'm here for. And the two guys that are doing that for you, you have two top ten wide receivers. I would not have believed that if you told me until I looked up the numbers that Cortland Sutton is a top ten wide receiver. Guy's got to put true. some respect on his name. He's elite. Yeah. Chris Godwin and Cortland Sutton, two top ten wide receivers. You're feeling good about that. Drew Locke, be damned. Uh, hey, Drew Locke loves him. Through two last week, he's a, he's a talented. I was shocked uh, about that. That's you know, Cortland Sutton is the reason I lost. I, we tied. Otherwise, I, I would have won that game with just seventy-seven points. So you're absolutely right. Um, you know, looking back at your draft, you th- you know you've had some really strong drafts this year. It was your team. You know, a lot of people in the league. I I, I looked at this statistic this past week, and I was shocked to find out that this year, this this is a measure of how competitive the league has gotten. Would you know that this year we have scored the most points from the draft and the fewest points from free agency this season than in any other season? You know, so more people are scoring more points on the players they drafted and less from people that get off the waiver wire this year than in any of our previous eight years. And I think that's a sign of just like how deep and how well people are drafting. You know, guys like DJ Shark, uh, guys like um, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the the, the later guys who went later in the draft, you know, that ended up, you know, being really successful. Um, Those guys were just not on waivers, whereas they might have been on waivers in other leagues, not in our league, just because our league has drafted so well. Um, So for you, you know, JT was on top of that um, Jaguars training camp info. So he had that inside track. He absolutely was. So, for, you know, for you, um, you had – in looking at your draft, honestly, your draft was pretty hor- horrendous. <laughs> you know, as yeah, you I'm go aware. back and look at it. You know, Saquon Barkley, Tevin Coleman, you know, Devonta Freeman, like not great. You know, you spent those early picks on running backs. I think you had like D.D. Westbrook, some other guys like in the middle who have like really done uh, nothing for you, right? But you really nailed it on like three great picks, and that's Chris Godwin in the fourth. Cortland Sutton in the ninth and Lamar Jackson in the 10th. Those three picks are the reason um, that you are where you are. Uh, oh, it doesn't show up in the box score. I still feel good about Kittle. Uh, and, you know, absolutely. I didn't list him there. You know, I think he's been solid. You know, he's had some injury concerns, but he has also been good. Uh, you know, you had, like, I think he spent a third rounder on him or something like that. So he wasn't <laughs> was cheap. Third. <laughs> he wasn't cheap, but. Um, but, you know, he has been good. Um, you know, you have had some injury concerns on your team, but I feel like you're finally healthy entering these playoffs. Devonta Freeman is back. George Kittle is back. And, hey, Saquon Barkley has Eli Manning back. And forth. I think that's a good thing. Eli's going to throw for three touchdowns for all you daily fantasy players listening. Mark it down. <laughs> so, uh, you know, maybe he gets the ball out to Saquon Barkley a little bit more. Um, so I think, you know, things might be, whereas things were not looking so great for Jess, you've won three straight. Things are maybe looking a little better uh, for you a- a- entering the playoffs. No, I feel good about it. And as you talked about, I drafted so poorly, nobody wanted my players. So 
only me. Yeah, you didn't make a trade this year. Yeah, only make a trade and I, because my players were so bad, no one wanted them. Did you try? Were were you trying? I I didn't. I didn't try either. You know, again, like, how do you package a deal with Tevin Coleman and Devonta Freeman? Like, I'm gonna get pennies on the dollar. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I'm curious that you never decided to try to trade Saquon Barkley. Did you ever? put offers out there to try to sell on Saquon and do you regret doing that if if not um I, I didn't put any feelers out there because there was just that like gut feeling that at the moment I trade him he's going to be RB1 and I just couldn't bring myself to do it unless I was going to get someone that was you know in that in that top tier I just couldn't bring myself to do it and yeah. again like I, I got pretty complacent with a guy like Lamar Jackson just being like you know what, Lamar will still get me 30 points yeah, yeah. I mean, that's true. That's true. I, I had I had Saquon in another league where I had the number one pick, and I did not trade him, and I regret it. I definitely wish I had traded him. But hey, but he could be the league winner for you now because honestly, if you look at your team, your team has been good. Saquon. So if Saquon is suddenly really good, you're a team with two top ten wide receivers, and if Saquon can be Saquon, also the number one running back in fantasy, or even if he could just be a top ten running back in fantasy, you know, plus Lamar Jackson and George Kittle, that's kind of a, a dangerous team. You did win one weekly prize this season in week 12 in the last three weeks, so you've shown some ability to be explosive. You finished fourth in the final power rankings with a 5.66 true winning percentage. So, um, a, you know, a really solid team this year, a really good team. Your your odds of, of winning the whole thing are 9.2%, but standing in your way will be that first-round matchup with – Dun dun dun, Samantha, of course. So you're, you'll have to face off against your kryptonite. Um, we've already talked about how you're 0 three against her all time. Another knock against you, which I found, is that you are uh, among. I looked at all the records for all the playoff teams against each other, and you have actually been. You've actually kind of got to the playoffs a little bit by beating up on some of the lesser uh, teams uh, in the playoffs. Uh, you know, you or, or that are not in the playoffs. You know. Um, so, you know, you are two and four and one against playoff teams this year, which is worst uh, among all uh, all the playoff teams. So. Um, so, you know, looking at your odds overall, uh, you have a 57 percent chance. So you are favored to beat Samantha in your matchup, a slight favorite. You have a 20 percent chance of making the finals that you would that would entail beating uh, Josh uh, on your uh, upper half of the bracket. And then uh, if you were to do that, you have a nine percent chance of winning the whole thing, approximately a one and a one out of every 11 simulations that I ran. Uh, I'm more anyway. worried about Samantha than Josh. I already beat Josh. You're more worried about Samantha. You're saying, yep. I got to get through that first round and I'm on, I'm on cruise control. Just you wait one game at a time, my friend, one game at a time. That's right. You did. You did just beat Josh, uh, one week ago. Right. So it's certainly possible. I can hear him shaking in his boots. <laughs> So now we are um, moving into the final three. Um, this is, you know, a unique spot. This is going to be the person with the highest odds that does not have a bye week. Obviously, when you have a bye week, your odds jump up tremendously because you don't have a chance of losing in the coming week. So that last person, as we've as we've mentioned, is yourself, Mr. Brandon. Um, five playoff appearances all time. Three championships. 11, 17, 18. And let's stop that streak now before it becomes 19 going for the three-peat my friend going for the three-peat i know i know um you won eight straight games from week threes to ten three to ten that was a big you know that really pushed you second longest win streak in league history um i think gray in 2016 had a longer one um you were the second best team in the league for the bulk of the season not the end of it 
Um, your true winning was, you know, 66.8, which is really solid, or excuse me, 0.668, which was really solid. You averaged 100.7 points per game, you know, 94 is kind of the sweet spot for most people. So you were, you were above that. And that was from weeks three through 12. And you're actually the best team in the league from weeks eight through 12, which probably kind of bolstered those numbers we just read um, with an 818 true winning and 109 points per game. Yeah, you know, it was, uh, you know, it was a good season for me, for sure. Like, I think there were some early games where I had some kind of fluky wins. And, you know, that, I mean, if you're going to get an eight-game winning streak, things are going to get fluky for you. You're going to win some games you shouldn't, uh, um, it, you know, because it's just impossible to win every week. And uh, it just kept happening. It just kept winning, 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 won eight games in a row. Um, and it's kind of ironic. I ended up losing week 11 and 12 and then tied week 13. So I went 0-2-1 in the last three weeks. And yet, if you actually look at the numbers underneath it, uh, I had a bad week 13. You and I tied with just 77 points. But I was actually really strong. I was the best team in the league, as I said, from weeks 8-12. through 12. So the, 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 the five weeks prior to the final week of the season, I was the best in the league. So um, I'm feeling pretty good about my team over that time period. Um, you know, I think, you know, feeling like I can make some waves. As you said, it doesn't help to not have the buy, which is why my numbers are here. Um, but, um, you know, uh, definitely happy, uh, with how my team has performed this season. Yeah. So, you know, like myself, you, you gambled on a running quarterback and he's, he's proven to be pretty good. I mean, again, no Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen, but Kyler Murray has been really strong for you this year. Um, and like, and can I just say, can, 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 can I just say about Kyler Murray that, uh, there has been several times I have doubted him. I think I benched him against the 49ers in a game against Nick that I lost by like six points. And if I had started Kyler Murray, even though he'd already played against the 49ers, he had well like once. 27 that week. Yeah, he had like a, he had a great game. I think one of his best games of the season. I'd, I, I had played him the first time he played the 49ers, um, but I decided to bench him the second time. And if I had played him, I would have that won that game. And if I had won that game, I would be. Um, I would be uh, in, I would not be playing this week. I'd be have a bye week. I'd be the number two seed because I would have been one more game up on Josh. So kicking myself that I doubted Kyler Murray, but it has been a struggle. Like there's some weeks that he's been good, some weeks that he's been not so good. Last week he kind of killed me. He had a not so good week. But as you said, with running quarterbacks, the thing is you got that floor of the rushing yards, you know. And like I think he like he bailed me out last week with a late rushing touchdown, which is just nice to have that possibility. And uh, as I, I learned last year, a terrible week. I'm in a different league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and as I learned last year, you know, you need a guy like that who can be explosive at that position. Um, Deshaun Watson won me the league last year with his like 30 something points um, in the final. You know, he was very up and down last season, but he had a good game when it mattered most. So, he, you know, Kyler Murray, I have faith in you, buddy. You can do it. Yep. And you, you were definitely on the Justin Samantha train in terms of really strong running backs. I mean, your position players in general were, were pretty strong for you. I mean, the strongest, but. Um, from from a running back perspective, you did have two top eight guys, uh, two two RB ones, and Christian McCaffrey and Josh Jacobs. I feel like Josh Jacobs is one that most people don't even realize was you know a top eight running back. You know, I feel like he never had a week. I think he had one maybe, but he never really had a week that was like super explosive because the Raiders just like don't score touchdowns. Which is like, nice. Oh. He was consistent for you at least. <laughs> he was. He was getting a lot of a lot of ten point games. He was running for. 100 yards, like a, a lot of weeks. And so his box score would only be like 10, 11 points, you know, uh, because he wasn't getting the touchdown just because the Raiders aren't scoring a lot of those touchdowns. So, um, you know, I feel like you want a guy who's getting you yards and not necessarily the touchdowns because that's more 
you know, you can count on that more week in and week out. So hoping he's able to fall into the end zone a little bit more uh, in the playoffs. But yeah, Christian McCaffrey, Josh Jacobs. And, and, and let's let's take a second to talk about Christian McCaffrey. Oh, my God. Christian McCaffrey. That guy has been ridiculous. Unbelievable. Hopefully this coaching change doesn't change things for you. I, I, I don't think I've ever had a guy as good as Christian McCaffrey's been. I had Alvin Kamara in his breakout season. I picked him up a free agency. But Christian McCaffrey has just been ridiculous, um, you know, getting him with the third pick. You know, it, I, it's so luck. It, it is so fluky and so lucky, you know, I think at the beginning of every season, there's always like four or five running backs that were like, these are the top four or five running backs, right? And people generally draft them in that order. And you just got to cross your fingers and pray that your guy doesn't go down with an injury. And Did you have any like, simulations of if I had picked him like I was supposed to? <laughs> no, I didn't. I've done that in previous years. You take a player off of one roster, put it on the other. But yeah, if I'd had Saquon Barkley, I probably would have had kind of the season that you had had basically because my wide receivers haven't been as good as your wide receivers so i definitely would have and my quarterback hasn't been as good as your quarterback so christian mccaffrey there have been several weeks this season he's he's my lamar jackson right he's my guy that i know you know set it and forget i know he's going to get go for 20 points a week no problem oh i'm in my ppr league and he is he's ridiculous so high in that league yeah it's ridiculous so um so yeah you know if i win the play the championship for a third straight year he will be the number one reason why no doubt yeah, I get that. Um, I mean, you're, you're like I said, your position players overall were pretty strong. You did have Cooper Cup and Keaton Allen, both top 20 guys, which actually led you to leading the league in position player scoring with your running backs and wide receivers averaging 57.2 a game. That's right. No other team owner got more points from their running backs plus wide receivers than I did with 57.2 points per game. And I feel like that's where you want to be strong, right? Those, that's where the consistency comes from. Um, quarterback scoring is a little easier to find, unless you, ha- of course, unless you have a guy like Lamar Jackson. So feeling really good. I feel like that's a really good indicator for me uh, that I have a solid team, uh, the fact that I'm getting the most uh, from those points. I mean, even your tight end was really strong. You know, Hard Knocks darling Darren Waller, who we talked about on the on earlier pod and the biggest prize of the year has been, I mean— Really, really strong for you in the 14th round. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. He was definitely a guy. You said you were targeting Lamar Jackson. I was targeting Darren Waller late. I think several people took multiple tight ends before I took Darren Waller. He ended up as tight end three on the season. You know, as far as tight ends go, they never really score a lot of points. I think he had one week. He actually won me a week. He had like 22 points. If he hadn't had that, I would have lost. Uh, but, you know, he he's, he's solid. I think he's probably much better in PPR. Um, than he is in um, standard because touchdowns, again, have been an issue for the Raiders. Uh, and I kind of hate having two Raiders on my team. It's a not-so-great explosive offense, but they've been okay. Uh, but, yeah, he, you know, there have been times I've been considering maybe I should pick up, you know, whatever the hot tight end is off the waiver wire. But, um, you know, end up sticking, got to stick with my guy, Darren Waller. I mean, what's funny about your team is, you know, some may say you have a ton of bench depth right now. You got Darius Geis, Emmanuel Sanders, Will Fuller, Alex Madison. I just look at it as stress. You have a lot of stress on your bench. You could easily lose this week and have someone that could have won it for you on your bench with all those players. At least with my guys, I'm like, all right, you all suck. Let's see what, <laughs> let's see what you got. You got. You got a lot of guys that could cause you a lot of pain in the long run here. Uh, there's something to be said for that. I mean, like Darius Geis went off last week, and if I'd played him, I would have beat you, right? But it's like, uh, you know, like I don't, I don't know. You don't know what to do. Will Fuller, right? I, I, I benched him in his when he had that 30, you know, whatever point game that he had earlier this season. So I think my biggest regret this season is that I didn't move those guys when they were at their optimal value. There was a time when Will Fuller was at his optimal value before his injury. Same deal with Emmanuel Sanders after, you know, the trade in San Francisco before or even before that, and I didn't move him. Uh, Geis was um, a sneaky pickup for me. Jeff dropped him, and I think definitely could have used him late when he got injured very early in the season. I held on to him because I thought he could be a league winner in the playoffs. 
Um, and lo and behold, here I am in the playoffs, and he's kind of doing well. Adrian Peterson's kind of in his way, um, you know, and he's on a bad team. So I'm going to be hard-pressed to start him over um, the guy who I think is the biggest wild card in my lineup, which is Odell Beckham, who I'm starting with. I mean, and you got Sander, all these people, all these people, and you got to decide if you want to go with OBJ here. I know, right? And I got to be crazy, uh, you know— I, I def, you know, I, I'm glad I made that trade. The Damian Williams for Odell Beckham trade. Damian Williams has had a lot of injuries, so no, so kind of a no-brainer because of the injury. That was the smarter move to go with, right? Um, and he's had one good week since I've had him in the three. He had 14 points one week. Other than that, he's, you know, he just had two points last week. He's averaged just 7.3 points per game since the trade. He's saying all the wrong stuff on social media and in the news, like, like about like how he like isn't sure if he wants to be there. Like doesn't sound like a team guy. But then um, takes I it back. Yeah, I definitely will not own Odell Beckham ever again. Um, so he's like he's like th- three years away from being in. Is Antonio it safe Brown. to say he's no Odell Beckham for you? He's he's no he's no. But I'm hoping he's going to be uh, championship. Uh, ben, they're hoping he's going to be bending it like Beckham for me in the playoffs because uh, you know he could be. Part of it is that name recognition. It's hard. I mean, I think you look at my roster and it looks really stacked. I, you know, I asked that poll question: whose roster have? if not your own. Thank you to the two of you uh, who, who replied to that. I, I chose not to answer because I was trying to keep you know, things unbiased. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the two responses I got uh, were both for my roster. Uh, both players uh, wished uh, they would have had mine. One of them, their second choice was yours, actually, Alex. Um, but Thanks, but yeah, I think a large part of that... I think a large part is that you look at the name recognition up and down that roster, Cooper Cup, Keenan Allen, Odell Beckham, you know, it, it sounds really solid. Christian McCaffrey, Josh Jacobs. So, um, you know, hoping he, uh, Odell Beckham can, can, can live up to that. If he does, that will in the trade that wins me uh, the championship for sure. You know, I mean, and your team's upside has been kind of capped by Odell Beckham because you, you know, you've won two weekly prizes, which is pretty solid, but it was weeks one and three. So your team hasn't had that, you know, explosion since early in the year. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that was, uh, you know, those were the days of when Cooper Cup was Cooper Cup. You know, I think there was a while there early in the season and, and Keenan Allen. They both had really hot starts. And now Robert kind of, Woods is Robert they, Woods. Yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, Cooper, they both had solid games last week for me. But, uh, and their studs, you know, I'm not going to bench Keenan Allen or Cooper Cup for any of those other guys. Um, but, you know, hoping that they you know, can explode for me, uh, get, get a few more points, uh, in the playoffs. So, uh, I finished the year third in the final power rankings. I had a six, one, five true winning percentage. So I was second for a large part of the year. Like I think Josh and I were kind of neck and neck right at the very end. Gray snakes in with a great final week. And I have a bad week. And so he finishes second in the final power ranking. So he, he just snakes in ahead with me. Um, but a solid season, you know, uh, uh, when you're over, when you're winning over 60% of your true games, as a really good team. It's not, certainly not my best team I've ever had. I've had better teams, um, but it's a really good team and I've had worse teams that have won it all. Uh, I'm pretty sure if I go, I, if I were to go back and look, um, so, um, feeling like I really got a shot this year. No, I, I think you do too. I mean, you, you're looking pretty strong. So, I mean, we talked about it. You got Jess in the first round the rematch of last year's finals. Um, she's, she's coming for her redemption, but you know, this year she, she has not fared well versus you. Um, I mean, you had a it was almost 50 point victory or so against her. That's right. 50 points. So, yeah. but uh, you know, the, but this is all the bad karma though. You do, you never want to, you know, like the, the team, they oh, learn your habits. I'm trying to put as much the universe as I possibly yeah. can. 
<laughs> yeah, we talked about it. Jess is I'm not gonna want to get Jess all time. Uh, but we know that she is going to to turn that around this year. Uh, another note that I thought was interesting when I was digging through the, through, uh, the details uh, is that I actually have the best record, where we talked about how you have the worst record against other playoff teams. I have the best record against playoff teams this year. I am 5-1-1 and one and one in my seven games against playoff teams this year, um, which means I have beaten uh, Josh and you and Gray and... Um, Jess uh, and Samantha <laughs> this year, and and so my only loss in that whole group was uh, my my recent game with Samantha. I beat her once early in the season, so I've had success against every single other team owner. Um, I also have. Um, we talked about how Jess has been successful in the playoffs. No other team owner, and I, you know what? I don't even want to say this, Alex. Why don't you read the notes? Because I'm just gonna jinx myself if I say this. I'm not gonna say it. I'm gonna let you read it. Your career record is actually a league best seven and one playoffs games. So it's very clear that you're due for a loss. Oh, sorry. That's not quite what it says, but your only loss was actually to Jeff in the 2016 final. So like you said, if you make it, you go all the way. I mean, I've had some good teams. I've had some lucky teams, no doubt, uh, for sure. You know, that 2016 team where I upset Gray, uh, you know, to get to the finals to play Jeff. Uh, you know, last year, I lucked out, didn't have to play you in the finals or in the semifinals. So I've definitely had some luck, but my team has had some good playoff luck. You're right. I feel like I'm due for a loss, but I feel like I have a really good team. And so I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. Uh, according to the simulations, uh, I have a... Uh, 61% chance, so I'm a favorite uh, to beat Jess in the first round. I have a 29% chance after I beat, if I were to beat Jess, uh, then to go on and beat Gray um, to advance to the finals, and then a 13% chance uh, to win it all uh, to make the championship, which means that in 10,000 simulations, approximately uh, 1,300 and 11 of those were uh, I advanced or I won the whole thing. So uh, 13% chance, uh, <clears throat> that's approximately a, a one in eight. One out of every eight simulations, uh, I ended up with the championship. So. Yeah, so um, for all of you still listening, we have reached the hour mark. So Gray Oh my goodness, and- this is a deep dive. This is a yeah. really deep so dive. So Gray and Josh, we're sorry we're not going to be able to review your teams, but good luck in the playoffs. Uh, no, <laughs> sorry, we're going to do it. We got you. So, um, you know, moving to, you know, the number two seed, that is Gray with a 26.2% chance of winning it all. It really seems like you and Gray have a similar percentage chance if you were in the same scenarios. Pretty much exactly the same, actually, just because of that extra extra round he doesn't have to play. Is that right? Yeah, I'm sure if I reran the numbers and I gave myself the buy, it would probably flip. I mean, he and I finished very close in the final power rankings. We were separated by basically a game and a half of true games. Uh, he had a 6-2-6 true winning percentage. Mine was 6-1-5. Really, I feel like there was a top three tier, if you look at the power rankings this season, where it's Gray, myself, and Josh. Josh is head and shoulders above the both of us. Um, but he and I are right there. So no doubt having that buy is helpful. You know, It's one of those situations where – you know, last year, I think I, I got a first round by, even though my team, I think I ended up number two in the final power rankings, actually. But, you know, I didn't have necessarily the best record. It, you just kind of lucked out. And I was in the other division, right? I wasn't in Nick's division, right, where Nick had 10 wins. So this year was kind of unlucky. Josh and I were both neck and neck, all those wins. And so, you know, Gray was able to, you know, have the, um, you know, had a clear shot or path to the buy, to that first round buy. But his team, you know, definitely deserves it. They were actually better overall. Um, in the final power rankings. So, but well, you're mean, right. It's a toss up. 
And, you know, with Gray, it's kind of death taxes. Gray makes the playoffs. It's kind of where it's, it's been since this league has started. He's, he's made the playoffs six times, and, you know, that's definitely the most in the league. He, again, only has one championship, so, you know, he's making it, but he's not, not really the finisher. But to be fair, this is actually his first appearance since 2016 which means he actually probably made it every year we were running the league until then, and now he's back. That's about right. I think he missed one other year before that, but but you're right. He was a regular. He's kind of had a little bit of a drought. The playoffs in general this year, I don't know if you noticed, we're running it back from last year. These are the exact same playoffs as last year with one difference, and that's that Gray took the spot that Nick had. Otherwise, hey, it's Shooter's going to shoot, man. Shooter's going to shoot. We do what we do. <laughs> <laughs> the same five. They are kind of the league heavyweights. If you look at the career numbers, it's the top four in career numbers. And then Samantha and Jess are a little bit down uh, below that. I believe it's like maybe Greco and JT uh, are maybe like five and six or something like that. But um, so definitely some good team owners in the playoffs. And so uh, Gray is definitely one of them. As you said, he's on the top. And so it's good to have Gray uh, back in the playoffs for the league's sake. I'm not feeling great about having him on my half of the playoff bracket. I know, right? Um, and what's great about Gray is he actually scored the league worst 59, but then won six of seven. So he holds some pretty, I mean, that's the second longest winning streak of the season and also by far the worst score of the year. Yeah, I mean, he let that be a lesson to anyone who has a bad first week. It, it doesn't matter. He had 59 points in week one, no problem. He then won six of his next seven. So, you know, not only that, but he was the best team in the league from weeks two through seven. So the first half of the season, even we talked about how great Jess was, uh, you know, Gray was even better from two, weeks two through seven. He had a 7.42 true winning percentage um, with averaging 110.7 points per game over the time. Both of those were first in the league. Uh, so really great team early, um, aside from that first game, really great team late. Um, did you know Gray is actually the hottest team entering the playoffs? So the opposite of Jess, who's been really struggling, um, you know, in that division, they were one time competing. Gray easily pulled ahead. He's won his last three games to close out the season and clinch the division. And over the last three weeks, he has an, he's won, uh, he has an 8.818 true winning percentage. He's won over 80% of his true games, averaging 104.7 points per game. That is first in the league over the last three weeks. No one is hotter than Gray uh, entering the playoffs. Oh, and I know because I've been hot to, down the stretch here. And I was like, man, if Gray drops one and I win one and, you know, make up some points, I might have a shot at the bye. But he just wouldn't drop one. No, you're right. I mean, you guys were both you both you both had winning streaks, right? Uh, yeah. Down the stretch, three in a row. both three and zero. Yeah, you were both three and zero. I think down the stretch, well, or you were two zero and one. No, I was two zero and one. Yeah. Yeah. And if you look at the if you look at the uh, your numbers, you actually had a trading percentage of like fifty five nine one, and you were second. You know, averaging ninety six points per game, but Gray was a whole head and shoulders better than that. He was like at 80%. You were at like 60%. So he definitely um, has got that momentum entering the playoffs. No, most definitely. And he's, he's pretty explosive. I mean, he's scored over 130, what, like three times? That's right. There are There's only been six 130-plus point games this season. Uh, Gray is at half of those. Uh, so when he scores big, he scores big. Um, and so, uh, you know, a dangerous team uh, to be playing in the playoffs. He's, he's in a, an interesting spot, and it's a spot I'm actually in leagues because I obviously told you the quarterbacks I was most interested in this year were, you know, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. He is the Josh Allen owner, and, you know, Josh Allen's been phenomenal. But down the stretch here, I'm nervous in my leagues. I'm actually starting Carson Wentz over Josh Allen this week, which just feels dirty, but I have to do what I have to do because, you know, Giants. But he's got a tough schedule down the stretch with the Ravens, Steelers, and Patriots. Kind of that, that playoff hammer in the bad way. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that's why he wanted to get rid of Miles Sanders, right? Because, you know, the Bills do have a tough schedule. They play the Ravens, Sears, and Patriots, as you said. Not only does he have Josh Allen, he still has um, uh, what was Devin Miles Singletary. Sanders an eagle? What's that? Miles Sanders is an eagle. Oh, sorry. You're right. You're right. I meant John Brown. John Brown was the, uh, yeah, was the other half of that trade. That he traded away. You're right. But he had to diversify because yeah. he had a lot of bills, Devin Singletary being the other one. So he's got two of them against a very tough schedule uh, down the stretch. Um, but yeah, I mean, Josh Allen has been great. So he's been solid at QB. Um, his running backs, he's got two top 10 running backs. So kind of similar. I mean, seeing a pattern here, right, between Samantha, Jess, uh, myself, all team owners with, with two top 10 running backs. His are Ezekiel Elliott and Leonard Fournette, who have redeemed themselves uh, this season, um, especially Fournette, you know, paying off that where'd you go Fournette uh, team name. Uh, he has two top 20 wide receivers in Tyler Lockett and Stefan Diggs. Um, and he's playing Devin Singletary, who's RB30 uh, in his flex, but is averaging 10.8 points per game over the last six weeks. So he's been really solid um, to close out the season. How are you feeling about that wide receiver core, Alex? Um, I liked it four weeks ago. He's, you know, he's going, he's got two top 20 guys. I mean, we can't, we can't laugh at that. I think Tyler Lockett is four for 54 in the last three weeks combined or some number similar to that. You know, and Seth Diggs has been okay, but he's also, you know, he gets banged up. He was hurt a little bit last week. He came back in, but you know, there's, there's a lot of question marks with that receiving core going into this next week. It is really hit or miss. You know, it, they they could explode and have a big game or, yeah, I mean, Lockett has only scored, you know, since he traded for Tyler Lockett, he's only had three points in the two weeks since the trade. So um, it has not been great for Lockett. And he, he also had that injury, right, where he's like compartment syndrome or something in his leg where they had to take him to the hospital, um, which I think happened before the trade. But, um, you know, uh, definitely a little nerve wracking. Uh, and I would say I would say wide receiver is probably where Gray is weakest. Yeah, I mean, because, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you're good. Lead into it. Yeah, is it because, you know, his tight end is, of course, is Travis Kelsey. So he traded away, as you'll recall, Mike Evans earlier this year, which we'll get to. But, you know, having Travis Kelsey, I don't think he's been quite Travis Kelsey level, you know, but um, he still is tight end one. Um, so, I mean, that's good. I think it's really fortunate that Gray has to buy because Travis Kelsey's playing the Patriots this week. So, really good not to need Travis Kelsey this week. Um, but he's got him at tight end one and his defense, um, also solid, even though he traded away the Patriots, he picked up the Steelers who had been defense three on the year. Uh, and he picked them up prior to week seven off of free agency. I think that was like our, our inaugural podcast. We were talking about how he picked up the Steelers two weeks early for their game against the dolphins. Turns out he picked them up probably for more than that because they were just a, a good defense. So, um, um, so he I'm has them on his I'm also excited for the emotional hardship he's going to go through if he starts Tyler Lockett and Steph Diggs and one of them just completely farts out because he's got, you know, Brandon Cooks and Debo on the bench that are potential potential players to slide into one of those spots. Yeah, and I was surprised until I really looked at Debo Samuel's numbers because I have Emmanuel Sanders, so I, I feel like I've been paying attention to the 49ers uh, receiving core, but Debo Samuel has four straight games of 11 points or more. He has been, like, really... It. Really solid and great matchups. He plays the Saints this week. Of course, that doesn't matter for Gray. He plays the Falcons next week and then the Rams the week after. You could easily see those being high-scoring passing games. So, I mean, there's a possibility, you know, Debo makes that, makes it into lineup where it becomes a very, you know, difficult decision for Gray to have to make. And, and no, you know, most and, definitely. 
And not only that, but we didn't even mention T.Y. Hilton, right? T.Y. Hilton, one of Gray's top draft picks, who's been injured um, but is on his bench right now, has a calf injury. So who knows if T.Y. Hilton will come back? Who's he going to play in that flex position? Because he leaves Singletary and take out Lockett or Diggs. He does have some tough decisions to make. Uh, these are first-world problems, of course. If you draft well, you have a lot of bench depth. Um, but it can be a headache for sure. Yeah, most most definitely. Um, he's he's been very active in the trade market. Obviously, we we talked about that Miles Sanders John Brown trade. Obviously, that blockbuster with Mike Evans and Patriots D that he gave away. So a lot of a lot of things have have happened. Gray's really been pretty active this year, trying to mix up things. You know, that's that's how you get yourself back to the playoffs after being so terrible for a few years. How do you feel about those trades, Alex? Because you know you're right. He traded away Mike Evans. He traded away the Patriots defense. I mean, a team a team that is kind of weak at wide receiver could have had Mike Evans on it. Uh, a team that's got Tyler Lockett could have had John Brown on it right now. Could have had Miles Sanders on it right now. Um, you know, he does have Travis Kelsey, but does Travis Kelsey and Tyler Lockett make up for trading away all those other pieces? I mean, what do you think? Do you think Gray is better or worse for having made those trades? I'm gonna go with worse. I think so too. I think so too. You know, it just, you know, I think, uh, was it JT said something on the podcast, how he's like nervous about making trades with players like Gray or myself who do a lot of research. I think it just goes to show that like, this is hard. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, making trades with Gray is a positive thing now (laughs) y'all. Yeah. I mean, I I thought the job take advantage of Gray. For the, for the Tyler Lockett deal was a good deal for Gray, but it's been bad for him. Uh, I'm sure, you know, uh, same thing with the Mike Evans deal. So, um, yeah, maybe that's the lesson. Take advantage of Gray through the trades, because I think his team would have been much better if he hadn't made those trades. Such a noob. <laughs> but, right, you know, well, you yeah. know, Gray has he, he has been re- really successful this season. He won a league best four weekly prizes. I was surprised about that till I crunched the numbers that it was not Josh, but Gray won in weeks two, four, six and 11. So kind of consistently throughout the season, winning those weekly prizes. Those were those some of those 130 plus point games. He finished second in the final power rankings with a six two six true winning percentage. So a very good team, very explosive, you know, very talented team, deep, um, has strong, you know, very strong at running back. You know, some talent at wide receiver. You know, he's got a very, more than serviceable QB. I think this is a dangerous team in the playoffs. Um, the one thing that he does have against him, even though he does have that first round bye, it's interesting to note that he was 0-3 against myself and Jess, as well as Josh this season, which are the three team owners he could pop, he's likely to play in the playoffs. He'll and play- as we know, it's extremely important who you play well against because it makes a difference. <laughs> Hey, I think there's karma at play, right? I think there's, yeah. some, there's, there's something, you know, it, I, I think I think you're tempting fate there to make that joke and you're about to play Samantha, who is 3-0 against you. So, oh, uh, no, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to Be wary. Her. Be careful. Um, yeah, you know, so the guess... last time Gray was in the playoffs, he had a big upset. That was 2016. He had the best team in the league that year. Best team in history. Uh, I upset him that year, you know, with Tyreek Hill and some other pieces, which he lamented on the podcast. Um, uh, so this year we'll see if he can, if he can do a little bit better, you know, he's a team owner that is certainly worthy of, of having won more than one championship. He'll try to get it done this year. A rematch between him and myself is possible, uh, in the semifinals. He also has some history with Jess, I believe. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see who he faces off with and uh, how he does just needs two games, two games to win it. He's in the same position as the two seed, uh, that I was last year. Uh, in winning the whole thing, so he set up well. I, there, you know, there. So, so I, I think I think Gray's in a in a good position. 
Yeah, and the good news for everyone listening, as well as my my basketball teammate here, we are down to the last spot, and that is the number one spot. And if you haven't been able to guess, then you're clearly not paying attention. And that is Josh, who has a 41.4% chance of winning this league. He's, he's got nearly a 50% chance of winning the league. That's that's pretty ridiculous. It's his fourth playoffs appearance in six years, which is the best playoff rate besides Samantha. But you know, I'm going to be a little bit better and say Samantha doesn't count yet. Um, you got to pass a. You got to be here a couple more years. Um, his playoffs feature first, third, fourth, and fifth picks in the draft. So he just got to get second next year and make it. And you know, he can really complete the complete the whole the holy trinity there. Not let me uh, let me clarify let me clarify that stat actually Alex I know it's getting a little, little getting a little late here we've been on this so long but that stat is uh, I thought it was interesting the, these are these are the draft picks from this year so of from the teams that in the draft this year oh yes the, yes the, the teams that drafted first third fourth and fifth all made the playoffs so kind of pays to be near the front the sec the team who drafted second that fan did not make the playoffs, but otherwise all five first picks did the teams, but it goes to show you want to be at the tails, right? So at the other end, Josh and Samantha had the ninth and 10th picks. Um, and so they made, uh, they made the playoffs, um, from those picks. And so Josh's number was the ninth pick in the draft. All right. Well, my apologies to all our, our loyal listeners here. Um, <laughs> he did start four. zero, then nine and one tied with Brandon for best start ever. Pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, he he was really great in the early going. Uh, I mean, really throughout the season. Josh is the best team in the league, no question, hands down. Not historically great. At one time, we wondered, was Thanos good? He ultimately is not. I think his season ended up being like the sixth best season of all time. Still very good, uh, but not flirting with really any of those records. He scored 96 points or more in eight of his first 10 games. He led the league with seven games of 100 points or more, and his hottest stretch of the year was from week 6 through 10, six through ten, right in the middle, immediately after that Mike Evans deal, which I think kick-started or supercharged his season, uh, where Josh went 5-0 and with a 9-27 true winning percentage. That means he you was— mean the Patriots, 50, the Patriots defense deal. Yeah, that, that Patriots defense deal. He was 51-4 and against all opponents— over that five-week stretch, ridiculous, 119.8 points per game. That's when we were starting to level, wonder if he was Thanos good. Um, has been in, and continues to be uh, the best team in this league this year. So uh, hats off to Josh, uh, who also won his first ever uh, Power Rankings Championship, regular season championship this season. He, he looks His team looks a lot like my team. You know, he had a top three quarterback in Russell Wilson, like Lamar Jackson. He had just one top 20 running back in Derrick Henry. I, I didn't. Um, you know, two top 13 wide receivers, Mike Evans and DJ Moore. DJ Moore, I would not have guessed that one. And a top two tight end in Mark Andrews. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's been a really a really solid team. And you neglected to mention he has the top defense and the top kicker in the Patriots. And I'm Harrison done Bucker. talking about that defense already. <laughs> well, speaking of which, I think what we can say about them is they may have finally cooled off. They're averaging just 6.5 points per game over their last four games. Josh is fortunate maybe that he doesn't have – he has the, the first-round bye because they the, the Patriots play the Chiefs this week, as we mentioned earlier. So tough tough matchup for the, the, the Patriots D. He doesn't have to worry about it. But it's, it is a great team. And you're right. It is kind of – I thought that when I was looking at it. It's kind of like your team. You know, he's got those two top wide receivers. You have uh, – 
uh, Chris Godwin and Cortland Sutton. He's got the other Buccaneer and Mike Evans and DJ Moore, also another young wide receiver that you might be surprised to learn is ranked that high. He has a running talented top quarterback and Russell Wilson, not quite as good as your Lamar Jackson. He's got Mark Andrews. You've got George Kittle. Mark Andrews has been number two. He does have the defense and the kicker on cue. You don't really have that. Uh, but the thing he has that you don't is a good running back with Derrick Henry running back three. And Derrick Henry is just a freight train demolished uh, in last year's playoffs. Absolutely won some people their leagues. I think he was not in our playoffs last year because he was on Jeff's team who missed the playoffs. This year, he'll be leading Josh's team. So it's kind of like your team if Saquon Barkley was actually good at football. Yeah, sounds sounds about right. Um, he, he does have some question marks rolling into the playoffs. I mean, probably James Conner's the biggest one there. That backfield's interesting. You know, Jalen Samuels, Snell. It's, it's an interesting one. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, James Conner, you know, he has only had scored one point in his last five weeks, has been injured. For a while there, it was okay, as you said, because he had Jalen Samuels. Now Benny Snell has sort of been leading them. Benny Snell, not on Josh's roster, is on, I think, Jess's roster. So, um, you know, she's not playing him, obviously, but it's some nice defense uh, against Josh. So without James Conner, suddenly, suddenly Josh's team, you start to wonder if this is if they really have what it takes, because without James Conner and his RB2, who's he starting? You know, LaShawn McCoy, um, you know, who has been real up or down. That that Chiefs backfield has really never figured it out. Um, so some questionable depth there. And, you know, his other wide receivers, Christian Kirk, Jamison Crowder, Golden Tate, just okay. He could be starting two question marks um, in the playoffs. You know, I feel really good about Derrick Henry, Mike Evans, and DJ Moore if I'm him. But those other two spots... Um, are kind of question marks, uh, honestly. And I think that's part of the reason that he's cooled off in the last three weeks after that really hot start uh, that we talked about, um, you know, where he, he started nine and one. He, uh, you know, he definitely cooled off down the stretch. Uh, he had a true winning percentage of 576, uh, which was sixth best in the league and a scoring average of 87 points per game uh, in the last three weeks. Again, just sixth in the league. So, um, maybe a little vulnerable. Maybe a little vulnerable. This team. <clears throat> maybe this bye week, he really needs it to get his get his shit right. <laughs> Absolutely. I. It's nice to have the bye week. You know, maybe maybe he can get the he can give a pep talk to those players. You know, he. He did. Uh, he was a very successful team owner. He said one of the other metrics that we didn't talk about is he won three weekly prizes this season, second best in the league. He won in week seven, nine, and ten. Uh, he finished first in the final power rankings with uh, one of only like six teams ever with a true winning percentage above 700. Um, he and uh, you know I think this could be the year for Josh. Uh, he's the best team by career true winning percentage, so the best team in the league to have never won a championship this could be his year but if he's gonna do it he's got uh, a major monkey to get off his back and that's the fact that he has never won a playoff game the, the, the team owner that has, yeah, the, yeah the team owner with the highest playoff rate in the league has never won a playoff game he's 0-5 all time only he and, and that's saying something considering like when we had a 14 playoff right you would you would play both weeks you would play in the run of he never won never he always finished fourth last year he got knocked out in the first round only he and nick are the only team owners in the league, active team owners, that have never won a playoff game. And Nick's only been there once. Um, so everybody else, everybody else has won a playoff game. So it's yeah, going to be... I mean, his first game is going to be against someone he lost to. He's going to lose a lot this year, but he lost to me and Samantha. And his first game is going to be against one of us. That's true. Lost you guys in weeks 11 and 12, so he's going to have to face, face one of you uh, to turn things around. So... Uh, 
So yeah, so uh, his 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 odds overall, we said uh, he has a hundred percent chance, of course, to make it to the semifinals because he's got that buy. He has a sixty-seven percent chance, a two-thirds chance, he, and in two out of every three simulations, he made it to the finals. So it's a good chance, you know, we'll be seeing him there. And he has a forty-one percent chance. That means <laughs> that means basically in two out of every five simulations. Uh, Josh went on to win the championship. I neglected to share those numbers with Gray, so I'll share those now. He has a 56% chance to make the finals and a 26% chance to to win the whole thing. That is a uh, one out of four uh, chance uh, to win the whole thing. So those two guys are definitely uh, the favorites with Josh being uh, the heavy favorite. Honestly, I was a little surprised uh, that his number was that high at 41%, but you get that first round by. If your team is that much better by true winning percentage, uh, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, so that's so, our, I mean, that's, that's our we have We did yeah. it. So I guess before we before we sign off officially, I, I'm, I just want to get our picks. Who, who do we think is going to win? And you know, I'm, okay, I'm not going to be biased. Um, I'm curious what yours is. Well, let, let's go game by game. Let's take it game by game. So the first game uh, in the 4-5 matchup is Alex uh, versus Samantha. So who do we think comes out in that matchup? I think I do. I'm going to put my money on Samantha. I like her team. She's got those two top five running backs. She's She's got just as many top wide receivers as you do. Um, so it's, it's a matter of whether Jameis can keep up with uh, Lamar Jackson. Lamar. He's, been, he's been known to do that from time to time. So I'm going to pick uh, Samantha in that one. Say she keeps right, her winning go. ways against you going. Nice. All right. In the, in the other game, we've got Brandon versus Jess, the 3-6 matchup. I'm going to go with you on this one. I am going to go with Jess. <laughs> I'm just not going to give myself. I'm not going to jinx myself. And I just think well, everything I'm is glad we made these picks. That was really fun. <laughs> I'm just I, I I just feel like everything is going against her, but I feel like I feel like something's gonna happen. She has I've loved her lineup all season. She still has those strong running backs, you know. <clears throat> You know, John Brown can have a good game easily. Carson Wentz has a great matchup this week. He's been terrible. Uh, we didn't really talk about him much, but he had 24 last week. He's got another good matchup uh, this week. So uh, I just feel like, I don't know, I, I just feel stake, but I've had too much luck, as you said, in the playoffs. I think this is the year I go down. So I'm calling my shot in a negative way with her playing against, with Wentz playing against the Giants, that I'm going to, I'm going down this week. So I'm going to say Jess. There you so go. Got- let's, let's do one more pick. Let's, let's see who do you think is going to win it all. Yeah, let's keep, okay, yeah, we'll go all the way. Okay, so who's your team uh, to win it all? Go ahead. Gray. Oh, I had the same pick. My pick is also Gray. Tell me why Gray. <clears throat> I just think his team's too strong. I, I think he's just he's solid everywhere. He's playing really well right now, and you know, I, I just I just think he's got the the inside track here. You know, I agree. I, you know, he's he's had he's had the hotter team than Josh. Josh's team has cooled off a little bit. Gray has the hottest team entering the playoffs. I just like that running back duo, Zeke and Fournette, better than Derrick Henry and whoever else. I think those wide receivers can have big games. I think they can come back. Um, so I, I think he's got what it takes to win. I think he's due. And also some interesting, you know, numbers. You know, the team that the one seed has only won the championship, uh, I believe, three times. In, in league history, the two seed has won it um, even more, or just as often. And the uh, the the team that finishes uh, number two in the power rankings has actually won it, uh, has won the league even more than the team that has finished at the top of the power rankings. The team that has finished at the top of the power rankings has only won uh, two of the league's eight championships. That was Jess in 2014 and me in 2017. Actually, more common is the team that finishes second 
wins the whole team. That That's happened four times. Gray did it in 2013. You did it in 2015. I did it in 2011 and last year. Um, and so that's another good sign uh, for Gray that as the second-place team in the power rankings, he upsets Josh uh, in the finals. Uh, if not Samantha, I think Samantha might make the finals. Uh, and we might have a, uh, have a, a Gray over Samantha uh, championship this year. Well, there All you right. have it, everybody. Thank you What's for our listening. Time? What's our time stamp at right now, Alex? What are we An at? hour and a half. All righty. That's a, that's, that's a podcast for you. You're welcome. You're welcome. We're, we're doing a I, – I just want to point out the absurdity of this. We just did a 90-minute a podcast for – I mean, presumably, half the league is not going to listen to this because they're out of the playoffs, right? So I mean, right away, we're down. Honestly, Josh might be the only one that does. We're, we're down to six people. Two of those six are us, Right. One of those is my wife. She may or may not listen to them. So that's really three. We're looking at Josh, Gray, and Jess. Uh, We did 90 minutes for three people, 30 30 minutes a person. So you're welcome, people. Yeah, right. Well, thank you, everybody, for for dealing with this this extremely long podcast. And, you know, we're going to go ahead and sign off here. That's right. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for for listening. Remember, uh, nobody cares about your fantasy team. Especially us. Especially us. Good night. Good night.